Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're continuing our series this week on inflation. On yesterday's show, we talked about the debt trap that countries find themselves in. In my opinion, the numbers being stated by governments around the world are vastly understating the actual rate of inflation. Furthermore, with a few exceptions, the inflation we're experiencing is, generally speaking, not transitory as the White House, the Federal Reserve, and the Treasury, and the Bureau of Labor and Statistics have been saying for several months. We hear the same rhetoric out of Statistics Canada and even the UK. On today's show, we're going to look at how high is inflation really? If you read through the details of the narratives for the statistics, you'll see very similar language in the US, in Canada, in the UK. They all seem to be okay with fudging the numbers a little. Let me read you a sentence from the UK's most recent publication, but I could have taken similar statements from any other country. They state, around 0.2 percentage points of the easing of the consumer price index, including houses, the 12-month rate between June and July 2021 came from base effects, specifically from items that became available in July 2020 at the end of the first coronavirus lockdown. So I think what that means is that there were some things that were difficult to measure during the lockdown. There were 55 items that became available at that time. The June 2020 indices for those items were imputed in line with published methodology, such that they had no impact on the All Items Index. They used some very important language here. They said these items were imputed. That means they basically made up the numbers. And if you go through the methodology for all of the various central banks and statistics reporting agencies, you'll find the use of imputed numbers when the real numbers don't exist or imputed numbers when they feel that some adjustment is justified. For example, one of the imputed adjustments is through a method called substitution. The concept of substitution says that if, let's say, the price of salmon is too high this week, people will go to a cheaper fish like maybe tilapia, or maybe they'll buy chicken this week simply because it's cheaper. So rather than recognizing the increased price of salmon, they simply substitute that product for a less expensive alternative. These types of adjustments and fudges are all over the place in inflation calculations. According to data published last week by the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, the producer price index increased 22% from July 2020 until July 2021. Now, you can't have a 22% increase in the cost of production of goods and not see it trickle downstream in consumer prices. You will have some producers accept lower profit margins for a little while, but eventually they'll have to raise prices. There's a website called Shadow Stats. You see, the government has changed the way it measures inflation over the years in order to downplay the effect of inflation. When the experience of inflation is high, the population gets testy. So governments have gotten good at changing the measurement of inflation. The underlying data that makes up the inflation measurement is still available. So if you know the method, it's possible to recreate an inflation metric exactly the same as the Bureau of Labor and Statistics did in 1990 and exactly as the Bureau of Labor Statistics did in 1980. You can then compare it to today's published number. That's exactly what the folks at Shadow Stats do. They use the government's own published data to recreate the inflation metric using their previous methodologies. Today, the U.S. government is saying that inflation is running at 5.1% at the end of July. They're saying that that rate is temporarily elevated due to the pandemic. They're saying it's due to supply chain disruptions, caused by the pandemic and due to labor disruptions caused by the pandemic, and that things will return back to normal. But if we measure inflation using the same method as in 1980, the U.S. would be reporting an inflation rate of 13%. See, when you look at a producer price index of 22%, 
a consumer price index increase of 13% makes a lot more sense. And when you listen to the narrative coming from the White House, the administration is blaming those greedy suppliers for raising prices in America's time of need. There's no mention that printing of $4.3 trillion in the past year could have even remotely contributed to elevated prices. See, inflation is defined as the inflation of the money supply. It's not the increase in the consumer price index. Increasing prices are the consequence of inflation, but not the inflation itself. The other reason why governments want to report lower inflation is, you see, economic growth is defined as the increase of the gross domestic product. But if you only reported the GDP, your numbers would be off because of inflation. So real GDP is defined as that nominal GDP minus an adjustment for inflation. If you underreport inflation, you have the effect of overreporting gross domestic product. You have the effect of overreporting economic growth. And if politicians can tell the population that the economy is growing really well, then presumably politicians would gain political points. But if the economy is not growing that much, politicians would still generally welcome positive economic metrics, even if they overstate the reality. This really points to the political incentives behind the current state of economic reporting. But the reality remains the same. Inflation has the effect of wiping out purchasing power for those on fixed incomes. It has the effect of wiping out savings, and it has the effect of wiping out debt for those that are carrying fixed interest rates. At a certain point, even if the government says that inflation is in the low single digits, those families on fixed incomes are going to notice. They're not going to accept that inflation is only 2% or 3% or even 5%. A 13% reduction in purchasing power of your dollar on fixed income is a huge deal. We don't know where inflation is headed next. Will it go down to 10% or will it go up to 15%? I know from conversations I'm having with business owners, many have said that they have not raised prices during the pandemic, but they will need to shortly. Remember, the producer price index is up 22%, and those businesses facing such large increases in production costs have no choice but to increase prices, which will ultimately ripple through the economy. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.